Well, you know, the UFC for us was an experiment, I want to say. You're about to see something that you have never seen before. No holes barred, anything goes. We were very excited by the concept and we knew we had something very unique. But it was much more successful out of the box than we ever thought. It was this wild, wild west type of a format. There had not been anything like it, so it took the world by storm. This event is not for the faint of heart. We definitely pushed the line. There may be some blood spilled. There may be some bones broken. Back in the day, they said, and the rules are, there are no rules. And again, as usual, there will be no rules. It wasn't true, but it was a good marketing ploy because it grabbed people's attention. It will be a war. But as we kept going, that kind of caused us a lot of problems. Promoters are calling it a sport, but critics claim it amounts to nothing more than a human cockfight. The politicians and the media started to react to our success. Fighting for fun and profit. It appeals to the lowest common denominator in our society. Are we moving back toward the ancient Roman gladiators? I'd like to put the ultimate fighting championships out of business. I don't think it should be permitted to take place in America. These folks are going wild. And then when the cable operators pulled the plug, everything changed. They have no Puerto Rico was really a very wild scene. Everybody has to abide by the rules. We can get this show going on good, okay? Going into the UFC 8, get man there, you're training, and we're around the campfire. They're in the courthouse. May not, may not be a go. We had more reporters at the courthouse. It was like OJ. La controversia suscitada en torno a la celebración de este evento y su desenlace, al parecer, ha aumentado las expectativas y curiosidad sobre este tipo de lucha. ¿Le llama la atención eso? Sí. Me llama la sangre. Ajá, ve la sangre. That turned out being that way the whole year. You never know if you're going to fight or you're going to end up going to jail. At the end, the judge came down with the decision that we could do the show. At the same time, you know, the blowback from that coverage was brutal. El gobernador Pedro Rosselló lamentaba la decisión del juez federal Daniel Domínguez de permitir la celebración de estas peleas. El exhorto a todos los puertorriqueños a que no patrocinen este tipo de espectáculo. These problems kind of compounded themselves where we had problems with regulations which led to problems with cable operators. James Dolan was with Cablevision, which was one of the biggest independent cable companies there was. And with the pressure from the senator, even hardened individuals are repelled by this. And everything else mounting, they take it off the air. I just was shocked that they would do this with absolutely no warning.
the 21st century dawns, a new breed of fighter emerges. The future is here, now, tonight. The Ultimate Fighting Championship 8. We were looking to strike back. And trying, oh, down Ramirez, and that is it. Because we were angry. Well, look at their support here in Puerto Rico. What could we do to fight against Cablevision, a company that size? It's been controversial, but the fans have embraced it. So I just took out a full-page ad that said, if you want to know why you can't see the UFC, call this number. And I gave James Dolan's number. Oh, this could be a choke right here. That's it. He got it. He tapped him out. What a performance by Jerry Bolander. We knew we had passionate fans, and we wanted to get them riled up. He was pulling the tail of a very powerful alpha male cable guy. I think you really need to take a look at Cablevision's direction and motivation over the years. What was the end result going to be? I thought it was the dumbest thing you could possibly do. We went to court an awful lot of times. I remember being in Detroit. Politically, it seemed like a wrong thing. So the local politicians would get involved. The Michigan Attorney General argued UFC violates an 1869 state law that bans prize fighting. There was an easy target. The more it got popular and more press, it also bit us. We didn't want anyone to uh, glamorize violence. Two days before the event, the judge says to us, we'll let this event go forward. However, with a couple of added rules. Which would eliminate closed fist hits and headbutting. Bob caved in and said yes. I appreciate that the judge is looking for the safety of the fighters and trying to make the event better. And we've always said that's what we're trying to do as well. And I looked at him like he was crazy. I go, how are you going to do that? So the UFC, amidst the controversy, continues to stand firm and strong. We present the Ultimate Fighting Championship 9. He came to me and he goes, we're going to make it illegal. If they punch with a closed fist or they headbutt, you're going to say, that's a foul. You're going to tell the fighters beforehand they're going to be fined for each one of those fouls. And when they have to pay that fine, God only knows. So that was his way of getting past it. We were going to say it's illegal, but nothing was going to be done. The night of the fight, Mark Schultz, Olympic gold medalist, turns the table on Gary Goodrich, and he punches him 41 times with a close fist. You weren't allowed to do headbutts. Can't worship headbutts. Big John, warning. Watch your headbutt, knock the headbutt off. Headbutt, warning. Watch your headbutt, that's two. Huh. Pretty much looks like this carte blanche here tonight. Yeah, John McCarthy, you know, being the, the good police officer he is, you know, <laughs> knows how to bend the rules. Fry is just dominating. He has just pummeled him. I didn't think it was a fair thing to do to an athlete to say to them hours before they're about to go into a contest that we're changing the rules. And there goes Shepard in on the leg. He's got the leg. I was told that if I came back to Detroit, I could be arrested. Shamrock's getting caught pretty good in the face, and he's playing pretty good. He's taking more punishment. So the pressure was on all of us. And it got worse. We knew where this was going. 
we were gonna get banned. It's billed as a fight to the finish, a no-holds-barred mix of martial arts and mayhem. But the biggest brawl in the sport of ultimate or extreme fighting may be over its future. As time went on, we knew that we had to go work with the athletic commissions. So in 1996, I went up to Albany and helped draft legislation based on the rules that we had created. New York became the first state to specifically legalize the sport. We hired a lobbyist. We got approval to do an event in Niagara Falls. Shortly thereafter, Robert gets a phone call that they're about to pass regulations that are in effect going to make the fight impossible. New York became the first state to regulate ultimate fighting, requiring headgear and gloves, while prohibiting headbutts, chokeholds, and kicks to the groin. The problem with Dolan and Cablevision and what Myra would said to create some ire there, it had a snowball effect. I'm interested in running them out of New York. They have no place in this state. The governor and I both plan to back legislation in the coming session, which will proceed to the problem of a total ban. And as the UFC saw it, in New York, that the power to regulate is also the power to destroy. Our belief was if we ever went dark and didn't show the pay-per-view event that we had fought with cable to keep on the air, that they would never air another one. Somebody said, um, we're actually gonna relocate. And I went, oh, great, where, where are we going? Well, we're going to Dothan, Alabama. And I went, uh... Promoters filed a $32 million lawsuit against the state. They left Niagara Falls and took their show to Alabama. This is what we were going through. That was a $350,000 loss. And when I say loss, it was just me, just my pocket. believe that we had spent all those months lobbying and all of that was for naught and now we were back doing an event in a tiny venue in Dothan, Alabama, which really knocked us back on our heels in terms of where we hope to take the UFC. It's those moments of blood and heart-thumping violence that gets critics like Arizona Senator John McCain dialed up. He wants this kind of spectacle banned. At that point, Senator McCain headed up the Senate Commerce Committee and had essentially oversight of the cable business. Senator McCain was against violence on television. I personally don't like a lot of the uh, content of programs that are being put into American homes today. That became a big problem, that he could get the cable companies, he could influence them to say, hey, you should not carry this product. We don't let roosters engage in cockfighting. We don't allow human beings to go out in the street and engage in this kind of activity. We call it disturbing the peace. So when Leo Hendry took over TCI, one of the first things he did was turn the UFC off of all the TCI systems. It makes no real sense that due to some distant political maneuvering, putting pressure on cable companies, they're gonna cancel the coverage. They were the largest cable operator in the country. That was a huge swath of the country that couldn't see us. Some of the other cable operators started to follow, like Time Warner. 
70% of our revenue was pay-per-view revenue. That was our primary revenue source. One fight reached an estimated 300,000 fans. And the pay-per-view ticket at home cost about $25 each. That was its lifeblood, was the pay-per-view audience. The writing was on the wall. It's like, if you can't turn this around, we're in a lot of trouble. This is protecting your rights to go ahead and watch an event of your choosing, but also to protect the sport's survival. We lobbied the cable industry from dawn till dusk. Pick up the phone, call your local cable operator, and just simply tell them, I want to have my choice to order the UFC in my home. One of the big issues was somebody could say, I think the UFC should have more rules. No hair pulling, no headbutting. There is no elbow strikes to the back of the head or neck. We had rules from the first UFC, and we added rules as we went along. The problem was a lot of the critics had no idea what the rules at the time even were. No groin strikes, no pressure point strikes, and no kicking when a man is down. But I think there are times, and I think this was one of the times, when people aren't necessarily listening to the facts. They're kind of leading with emotion. Each match will run until there is a designated winner by means of knockout, surrender, doctor's intervention, or death. People would come to me and they go, oh, you work for the UFC. That's that thing where people die, right? Is Jack Kevorkian the referee? It's, it, it's just a tacky, <laughs> disgusting kind of way to make money. We have a 100% safety record. The NHL doesn't, the NFL doesn't, boxing doesn't, we do. I really felt very strongly that we were right and that somehow we were not getting this across. You gotta remember for the politicians it was an easy target, you know? You could stick up for mom and apple pie, but it was easy to be against this. This sport emphasizes blood, it emphasizes uh, uh, crippling or injuring uh, one of the combatants. We were desperately trying to change that impression. We were showcasing our fighters. Why do you do this? Well, it's a sport, you know, or it's an event. It's, it's a chance where you can go in and test your ability against someone else's ability. We were taking John McCarthy, our very well-spoken referee, into state legislatures. John, that was way late. That's up to R to disqualify. Knock it off. Well, will you please go for Jesus? Oh, oh, you bet I will. Knock it off. There was no doubt the public liked the sport. We just weren't sure the politicians or the cable operators were going to allow us to show it to them. The fight over extreme fighting continues, with neither side ready yet to throw in the towel. The cable companies came and said, if some of the big commissions in the country will regulate you, that takes the pressure off of us. And we had kind of a tacit agreement that if we got into Nevada, where the Nevada State Athletic Commission was the most prominent boxing commission in the country, then that's when cable operators would put us back on the air. And we welcome the greatest mixed martial artist in the world for UFC 21. At UFC 21, we were going to have members of the commission see for themselves, you know, live and in person, what this sport is about. I invited Glenn Carano and Lorenzo Fertitta, both of whom were on the Athletic Commission. I wanted people on the board to see what it is, see what we have done to make it safe. A show of respect between the fighters. This is such an honor to be inside the octagon. We went out there to gain a better understanding of what the sport was, uh, how the sport was operated. We were novices. Oh my goodness! That's gonna do it. 
There was one fight in particular that caused them a lot of problems. Jeremy Horn taking on a newcomer to the UFC, the Ajol Takasu. When they came out, it was pretty clear that Jeremy was significantly bigger. I'm not sure Takashi's got the size to be going under the length of Jeremy Horn. It's too small for you, Jeremy. It's too small for you. This could be trouble for Takashi. Jeremy started dropping elbows, and they were they were brutal. Glenn Carano, he hated it. He told me, he said, John, they're trying to really hurt each other. And I said, Glenn, no, they're trying to compete. Horn dominating throughout this fight, actually took the time to look up and say, can I use the forearm this way to the referee? When you first see it, and you're right there in person, and a guy's head is bouncing from an elbow or a forearm on the canvas, we were like, wow. They had been told that this this monstrous thing, and understandably, it was somewhat shocking to what is a boxing-oriented community. When you're not used to the sport, it takes some understanding. And a great show of sportsmanship to Takasi. You know, I think we left that event and felt like we needed to come back and have some further discussions with other members of the commission to decide whether or not it made sense for the state of Nevada at the time. Bob Meyerowitz uh, wrote us a letter asking us to consider having the sport of MMA approved, and he met with the five commissioners. I brought John McCarthy, I brought Dr. Richard Istrico, I brought all these people to speak in front of the Athletic Commission. And the night before the vote, Bob got a call telling us that if we went up for a vote, we were gonna lose, and if we did lose, uh, we'd never get into the state because once you had a no vote, you never got in again. The thought process, at least from my perspective, was not that it shouldn't be allowed. It wasn't that I was against it, it was just let's let this thing play out a little. Let's let another major regulatory body, such as New Jersey, do some fights. If it goes well, then we can certainly adopt it then. I just didn't feel like that we had to be the commission that was blazing the trail at that time. And so we pulled our application at that point in time. It just, at that point, was enough. Things were pretty bleak. We'd been cutting budgets left and right. The constant legal battles, the constant worries, that are we going to go on the air? As you might expect, many communities have been outraged by the violence of such events. It was always, will there be a next show? Because I don't know when this is going to end. Blood on my hands in the moon. Sam, but I die just to keep him under. For these fighters, it's an ultimate scramble to get down to Alabama. We moved the event from Niagara Falls to Dothan. We had made rule changes. Tell him not to hold the fence and stand up. We went on bended knee to Leo Hendry. What more could we do? I don't think anyone would want this in their city. This it's the politicians the... that want to close down. It's not the people. Gonna bury me. Promoters are calling it a sport. But critics claim it amounts to nothing more than a human cockfight. I thought John McCain was wrong. Leo Hendry was wrong. James Dolan was wrong. It was costing me personally about $100,000 to $150,000 every month to do an event. It fought a long, hard fight. We have a 100% safety record. It is safe. People do enjoy watching it. 
anybody who wants to regulate us, that would be great too. We're not opposed to that. I was absolutely not what could be done. I was done. You know, after I stepped down from the commission, me and my brother Frank and Dana, we met a fighter that lived here in Las Vegas who fought in the UFC, John Lewis. He is a jiu-jitsu expert, John Lewis. Talked about trying to get together to take some lessons in jiu-jitsu. And John gave the three of us a private lesson. And literally, right afterwards, the first words out of my mouth were, when can we do this again? And that's how we met Tito Ortiz. That's how we met Chuck Liddell. And all of a sudden, you find yourself ordering the next pay-per-view. And it's very easy to get drawn into the sport. Chuck Liddell, victorious. We just became fans. For Lorenzo and Frank, they're big boxing fans now, training in martial arts. And they were seeing a young sport that had so much potential. This is cool, but it could be so much better. New Jersey was the first state with a major commission to approve it. UFC was going to continue to make strides from a regulatory standpoint. So me and my brother and Dana decided to buy the UFC. I never looked to sell the UFC. I was really going to close it down. When the Fertitas came along, quite frankly, I was thrilled to sell it to them, to be out of it, to be done. Lorenzo understood it, knew what could be done with it. This new management, Zufa, is now the owner of the UFC. Tonight signifies a new beginning with new leadership, with great vision. Dana White, president of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And basically, what we want to do is we want to make this the Super Bowl of mixed martial arts. We knew we believed in this thing, and we knew we had to build it from there. Saturday night as we step out onto Fox, millions of people will see the UFC that have never watched it before. By cleaning up the sport, it became wildly popular. And I would argue with you, if it hadn't been for the actions that they took, you would not see what has become a sport which is incredibly popular throughout the world. Without John McCain, we may not be here. He forced everybody to take a look at this thing and say, hey, the sport needs to evolve. You know, he wasn't the antagonist that, that people tried to make him out to be. In fact, he, he may have been the savior that allowed this sport to become what it is today.